Hello, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 3 of the Believe Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL and at Believe.com. This week, we cover the latest gaming news from China, more Blizzard drama, and more moves coming from the Overwatch League. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast in the news section. I hope you all have had just a, a great, great time in, in the past week. Um, yeah, thing, things have happened in, in the world of, of Overwatch, and we'll get to that later. But before we do, Kevin, what has been new in your world? Um, yeah, we, we've been doing pretty okay. Uh, 50-50, I would say. Um, my, my dog hasn't been feeling great, so oof, we, we took him to the hospital, and then he proceeded to be completely fine when we take him to the hospital. Uh, and then, yeah, we, we finally got, like, a full diagnostics of our dog. We ran a, you know, a full, uh, what's that called? A full scan. Uh, and he just, he has arthritis, so we were just giving him Ooh. stuff to help him problem with that but yeah he was very lethargic for the first couple days but now he's like running around and you know being normal so i'm like okay that's good uh drugs are good uh if they are the right ones so (laughs) that that that's correct um and then in other other news i've been pitching to my father for the past like couple couple weeks that i want to try to get into irl streaming or like streaming live footage so i don't have to be stuck in my house all day and he's like you know what uh if, if you do a couple things we'll we'll help you fund that and i'm like okay cool so <laughs> uh hopefully it will come sooner than later um but yeah i'll keep you guys updated on on if that does take off uh what what about you matt how's your week how's everything going on your end uh it was a i guess a busier weekend I mean, it was halloween Oh, speaking mm-hmm. of, how did what did you do for Halloween, Kevin? Oh, uh, I dressed up and didn't go outside. Ah. <laughs> no, um, I went out a couple times just to like I went to like Target, um, but I went as Parappa the Rapper. Um, oh, from so, like yeah. two thousand era. Yeah, like the the old dog, the the rapping dog. Um, well, that was a rhythm game, right? Yeah, it just... was a rhythm game. Okay, because I um, I vaguely remember playing the. Uh, um, you remember how on like PlayStation stuff they had like the 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 trial game mm-hmm. collection thing with like all the demos and stuff? I vaguely remember there was a Star Wars fighting game, there was a Tomb Raider one, there's a Crash Bandicoot thing, and then on that one also was Parappa the Rappa. That's where I that's my experience with that game and that property. Yeah, I, I like the property a lot. It's been starting to pick up a lot more steam because of um Friday Night Funkin'. And a lot of people are drawing that parallel of, oh, well, it, it's they're both rhythm games where you act second and uh, it, it's button input like style is kind of the same. So hmm. it's really interesting to see all that play out. Um, but yeah, the the main reason why I got it was because of the memes um, and, and my friends are like, which memes? And it's the, the Daffy Duck meme and the uh, the Batman meme. Uh, if you haven't seen either one of those, I'll send it to you. Um, they're yeah. they're short, but they're 
uh, I, I was wearing it around and people are like, oh, it's Parappa. I'm like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> it, like, if they tr- try to say something rhythmically, you're allowed to repeat it back to them. You know, that's just how it works. Actually, I saw yours. You you posted yeah. yours on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. So um, for Halloween, I'll, just, well, yeah, I'll do Halloween first and I'll go back in time. Um, but for Halloween, I was, me and my siblings went out to brunch. We're like, okay, what are we going to do for Halloween? Uh, we're not going to go trick-or-treating really because of COVID. Um, but we're like, okay, well, we we at least have to dress up just to pass out candy or whatnot. Um, and so we're, we're going around. We can't figure out what to do. I decided that I was just because I couldn't think of anything spooky to do and I didn't really want to pay too much for a costume. I was just going to go as SpongeBob because I have the SpongeBob face mask that I've been wearing around for pretty much as long as pandemic has been going on. Um, And so I was just going to go in like a a white shirt and then khakis and then shoes. And then we went into the spirit Halloween just to look around and see what stuff we could pick up for my siblings. And they had the the Krusty Krab hat. They, they had one left in stock. And I'm like, okay, this is a definite sign that I have to go with SpongeBob. So I did. I went to SpongeBob. Um, my sister went as Boba. So we she just bought like a brown dress that was like the color of milk tea and like cut out some black boba balls out of black paper and then put a straw in her hair. And then my brother, um, what did he do? Uh, he was he was a piece of salmon sushi, so he bought a a white pair of sweats, had a white shirt. Um, he got an, an orange beanie and then put some chopsticks in the beanie. <laughs> so that was those were our costumes, and there was like barely anybody. Just pretty much our street was dead. There wasn't a lot of trick or treaters. Um, I'm guessing it's because of COVID, but also I think there was a block party going on somewhere. So that's probably where everyone else was. Um, but on Saturday, which was the day before Halloween, um, so I wrote a short film that my friend animated, and then we put it in a bunch of festivals, and then one of them was having uh, a screening fairly close to us. So we both went. It was in Orange County. Um, and so we went to get brunch before, which was really nice. It was uh, at this crepe place, and it was fantastic. Um, but the actual festival was in a library, and so we went and it wasn't a lot of people. It was, I think, just the filmmakers who were invited to the screenings. Um, and it's Halloween weekend on a Saturday in like the early afternoon. So I, there's really nobody there. There's only a couple other filmmakers who went. Um, but we just kind of wanted to go to see it on a screen that wasn't like a phone and then see it, how other people reacted to it. Um, and it was good. People laughed, but uh, there was... <sighs> Our screening felt a little bit weird for our our film because um, there were some kids running around because some of the filmmakers brought their kids. So there's some kids running around at the beginning. So you couldn't hear all of the dialogue that was going on. And um, so they were running short on time. So he's like, okay, so we're going to try to hurry things up as fast as possible because we're running short on time. So we're like, okay, cool. Um, But when they brought us up, they get like the organizers asked us like one question for our Q&A then like immediately had to sit down but then for the other films and the other filmmakers they gave them like full 5 10 minute Q&As which is like okay where where is the uh where is the difference here that we get to be we, we don't get to have a full Q&A but everyone else does so that kind of that that little bit of disrespect kind of soured our our experience which was like up till then a fairly 
good experience overall. Like I liked the films that I saw. Um, but I mean, in the end, like our short one best pilot. So at the very least, we can say we are award-winning filmmakers now. So <laughs> there you go. You just need one. <laughs> Pretty much we, we paid for the award, essentially. <laughs> we we paid to have our film in a festival and, and have it awarded with something, but um at the very least i can say that now that i am an award-winning filmmaker and people laughed during the jokes that i wrote so oh and i finally beat tomb raider so i've I finally beat the trilogy and now i can hopefully finish off cyberpunk and then retire my ps4 anyway shall we get into this good good news of the week yeah all right so um one one of the the topics that we keep talking about because just news keeps coming out about them is China. So, um, latest news, of course, as we've talked about before, China has really cracked down on the gaming industry over there. There are certain uh, regulations as to how long people under eighteen can play. Um, there's regulations upon the kind of content that can be put into games. I believe they've also put a moratorium on new games being approved in China. But the latest news is that Fortnite is shutting down their servers in China, which honestly is huge. Um, considering how big Fortnite is and how much money is behind this game, and also how big of a customer China is and how much influence they really hold on the entire entertainment industry. Um, Fortnite not having this game in China seems just absolutely like, I mean, I, I feel like it doesn't feel like big news, but it should be bigger news than it actually is, just considering the money that is going to be lost by Epic here. And like even before this, this happened, like Fortnite China was a separate entity than the Fortnite that the rest of the world has. Like, for example, skulls. China, you're not allowed to have skulls in video games. And I guess in media, you're not allowed to portray skulls. So um, they had to change some of the costumes, some of the animation, some of the cosmetics of Fortnite so that it didn't have these skulls to comply with those rules. Um, it's also easier, I believe, to win these games because um, like Fortnite's a battle royale, right, Kevin? So you have to kill... Mm -hmm everybody in order to win um not so in china if you are if you were winning because can't say are because they're shutting the thing down um but if you were winning up to a certain point you could just kind of leave the game and still get it counted as a win so that other players who aren't as skilled as you can also get a win for it so um it's not a true battle royale it's 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 weird. They're, they're coddling their gamers a little bit. Um, also, they changed the lore of Fortnite so that you weren't actually killing other people. You were in a simulation and training room so that you were just killing holograms of other people. Um, I think they also changed some of the different game modes. I think the only ones that are available were Save the World and Battle Royale. I've never really played Fortnite all that much, so... I don't really know what other game modes there are. Um, but oh, also, I think there were also no microtransactions in Fortnite. So um, you could just or you could earn the V-Bucks in game by just um, 
I guess playing probably every six days you got 400 v bucks the battle pass was free um it's weird seeing that in china considering how well i guess it, it's in line with their their anti-gambling thing i guess and and making it less about profit for them yeah it's more it, it's it's rewarding them for playing the game um which is kind of cool in a way. Honestly, but... I wish that was a change that we had. To be yeah, fair. honestly, <laughs> to like be honest, without having to, you know, milk us for cash or anything, it's just there. You know, it would be a lot easier. But uh, I, I understand if kids or people are, I guess, too incentivized to play. Uh, they might, they might just keep playing over and over again. It's start start having more, you know, more reason to log in every day um and if you know china's trying to limit the the number of people playing that that might be the best way of going about it at least for that esport but yeah it's still kind of a big like at least from my perspective it just feels like it's going to take a really big hit to their esports scene right right um but at the same time like maybe that's something that they see as an issue right now um like you know because of covid and everybody staying inside like they want to incentivize people going out more mm-hmm. um and if this is the way how they want to attempt to tackle it then go for it but um i i do think that it might become a thing like you in the us like when you turn 21 right you're allowed to drink mm-hmm. um but it it may get to that thing where like when you turn 21 a lot of people like drink a little too much because they're like, oh, I could I can yeah. do this for the first time. And then they <laughs> like no one's telling figure them out their to. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like that's the same thing that's gonna happen in, in China. Um if like you you turn 18 and you're like, whoa, I can game for more than an hour. <laughs> like right. we're just gonna start seeing that happen. Um but I, I really don't know. Um we we won't know until we see how this affects the next generation of gamers. Mm-hmm it's like the criminalization of it and, and the taboo of it is worse than the actual thing. Yeah. Um, as of yesterday, an Epic spokesperson provided an English translation of the, the message in the servers in China. So this is what it says to Fortnite China players, Fortnite China's beta testing will be ending and the servers will be closed soon for details. Please see below. On Monday, November 1st, we will close all the new server registration, entrance, and game download portal. On Monday, November 15th at 11 a.m., we will turn off the servers for Fortnite, and players will no longer be able to connect to the game through the Wii game client. Thank you to all Fortnite China players who have ridden the Battle.net bus with us by participating in the beta. If you have any questions or suggestions about the servers closing, please click here to send us feedback. Of course, we can't click. Um... But yeah, this game launched in 2018, and I guess it was just in beta the entire time. It never fully released, which is another interesting wrinkle in this. But um, there is, of course, no official statement as to why it was closed, but just due to the entirety of, of the Chinese gaming overhaul, it's looking like it's just the game didn't really align with what the Chinese government wanted from their gaming scene. Kevin, have you ever played Fortnite? I I don't think I've ever loaded into Fortnite. Really? Uh, <laughs> I, I may have played like like a friend may have had it on, and they're like just just play around. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I may have like played one, but like 
I think my only real experience with a uh with a battle royale was Apex. Mm-hmm. And okay. a lot of my friends still play Apex. So it's more like uh, they happen to like lose one person late at night and they're like, just log in, just play. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. I don't even know what half the guns do anymore. So <laughs> it, it's just like, does this work? What is this? Yeah. Why do I have a bow and arrow? Like, why? Who who thought this was a gun? Like, <laughs> it's just stuff like that. So that's my only real experience with mm-hmm. Fortnite. Uh, I, I never understood the the we're fighting now. Now we're building now mechanic. You know, yeah, that's, yeah. It's something that that threw me off for the longest time. I, it's what makes it unique as a battle royale, I guess. Um, I I've like I've I've said it before. I think on this show multiple times. I've only ever played one round of Fortnite, and like I loaded in, I immediately died, and I'm like, this is stupid. I just waited like ten minutes for this. Never played it again. I remember back when Fortnite first came out. It was supposed to be about the tower defense, and the only. <laughs> That that was still in under development, and that was like paid content. And the reason why the battle royale took off is because it was the free one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, Apex was cool. I the first round I ever played of Apex, I won, and then I've lost everything else I've ever tried. So I kind of just stopped playing it because I suck. Um, but there's also just as a side plug for my other job, um. There is the Batman Fortnite comic book crossover that came out, I think, early this year. Um, they also came out with a recent one shot. But like, and again, I don't like Fortnite, but somehow this comic actually slaps. It's really good. It's really well written. More than anyone has like, it, more than it has any right to be good. But it's it's a really interesting storyline and the art is fantastic. And it's like looking online, like everyone, a lot of people have the same uh opinion as i do it's like i hate fortnite but i love this comic and there's also people who are like i hate fortnite i will never touch anything fortnite related um and i felt that way at first before i kind of just sat down and flipped through it but if you have any interest in fortnite at all like i highly recommend the batman fortnite comic book stuff it gives you free cosmetics too if you buy it and use the codes but that is enough about fortnite Moving on to another video game thingy. Um, so this was a this is technically not officially confirmed. This is just a leak. Although I have like it was taken down because of copyright and stuff, of course. But like I've seen the uh, I, I saw it before it was taken down, so it at least looks like it's real. But Warner Brothers seems to be developing a fighting game alongside the style of Super Smash Bros and now Nintendo All-Stars. Um, and this is really weird just considering like how many properties Warner Brothers has under their disposal. Like they they are a, a full-on like movie and television studio. Um, and just from the leak, here is here is so far the roster that people have seen. Um, and the fact that this was like taken down by Warner Brothers allegedly, like they have officially said no, that we own this property. You can't post the images online because it violates our copyright. Lends a lot of credence to it. So so far, we have seen Steven Universe, Adventure Time property characters. So I think it was Finn and Jake. 
Um, Batman and Harley Quinn are in there. Superman and Wonder Woman, Gandalf, Rick and Morty, Tom and Jerry, and Bugs Bunny are confirmed so far, or at least shown in this leak. Um, and like when you think about it, like pretty much everything that we saw in either of the Space Jam movies is kind of fair game at this point because both of those are Warner Brothers movies. Yep. I don't uh, know how to feel about this one, Kevin. I mean, if it happens, they need to put in Shaggy. Um, Ultra Instinct Shaggy. We need Ultra Instinct Shaggy, even even if it's just for the meme. Like, that that's a must uh, add to this. And the, the other one that was the big question mark is uh, if Nether Realm Studios is going to get involved. Um, since yeah. Warner Brothers owns, or yeah, Warner Brothers owns uh, owns NetherRealm. So are we going to see, um, you know, we saw the Marvel or the, uh, why can't I speak right now? DC versus uh, Mortal Kombat, like crossover game before. Mm -hmm. So will that happen here or are they too edgy for this, uh, for this group? If it happens, I think it'd be really interesting. They could dumb down like, you know, mm -hmm. obviously the gore and stuff like that, but um, we'll see if they reach into that bag. Mm -hmm. I think because they're I think they might be staying away from NetherRealm because like I thinking corporately I guess as corporately as I can they might think it's confusing to fighting game fans if they like cross over their properties too much because mm -hmm. from what we know this is supposed to be more like Smash Bros than Mortal Kombat as a fighting game to kind of compete with that space yeah um just based on rumors specifically, it could totally be a Mortal Kombat style NetherRealm game. So NetherRealm could be handling this. We obviously it's in leaks right now and it's rumors and whatnot. So we really don't know. Um, but just based on like their competitors and, and whatnot um, and the timing of it all, because I think this was leaked in correlation of the release of uh, Nintendo All-Stars. So um, I... I think this is just so weird because like a lot of these properties don't seem like they mesh together. Like at least with Nickelodeon, it's all cartoony and it kind of fits like smash bros is just smash bros. So it's all video game characters from the Nintendo stuff. So it's it kind of works that way. But with Warner brothers, it's like, you're going to have Gandalf potentially stabbing Steven universe in the face. Yeah, that's a risk that you got to take. I mean, <laughs> The the question is like uh, on top of that is like for example like Tom and Jerry are Tom and Jerry going to be like one character uh -huh. or like you you kind of you you play off of them or um, same thing with like Rick and Morty are are they going to be each individual playable characters or is it Rick and Morty as a tag team um, and then obviously like how far down the rabbit hole they want to go um, no right. no you know Looney Tunes pun intended but like. You could go and grab like Gosmer or you know Daffy, um, or if you're going from like Rick and Morty, like do you want to bring in like Bird Person? You want to bring in like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like uh, Squanchy, like mm -hmm. bring bring those guys in, right? Because um, so I feel like it'd be really interesting to see who they decide to add to the roster. Uh huh. Looking at this thumbnail, like the video is taken down, but the thumbnail still exists. It looks like Finn and Jake are separate characters. 
Um, it looks like the Looney Tunes has Bugs Bunny and Tom and Jerry look like they are a single like character tag team combination. There's a lot of comments in this uh, in this post as well as like who mm-hmm. else they can grab for property's sake. I mean, oh, there is Shaggy. There is Shaggy yeah. and there is Rick separately from Morty. So, yeah, it's like it's like that. But also you have like regular show that you can grab from. You have a bunch of like other mm-hmm. properties that are available. So uh, who who would you want? See, I don't even remember really who is part. Oh, wait, no, I think I want Pennywise. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I think it'd be spooky, but it'd definitely be a fun addition. Yeah, I mean, I think you could just you could go on the shape shifting and like shape shifting, size manipulation, whatever. Probably would be what you could do with Pennywise. But I, I honestly, there are too many Warner Brothers properties for me to think about at this point. Like, it's already super wacky with the combinations they have now. But who who would you want in there, Kevin? Besides Ultra Instinct Shaggy. <laughs> Well, Shaggy's um, already there, so we got our wish. We we got our wish. Um, man, that that is tough. Um, man, I think Mordecai and Rigby would be fun. Um, but Warner Brothers wise, it's gonna be really interesting. Um, I I like going back. Uh and like trying to grab some older stuff i mean like king kong would be an interesting one but like you would have to not make it as derivative to dk in Mm -hmm. in smash you know um iron giant will probably be another really cool one oh that Um, would be that would actually be really good uh it, it just depends on like how giant the iron giant is gonna be in here like he could be a stage almost um so huh. we'll, we'll see what they do. What would the tournament scene for this be like? Oh, probably the same as like Brawl Stars. I think that like they'll have people who will one trick this game. Uh, and if especially if Warner Brothers does the same thing that they are doing with like the competitive scene with MK and stuff like that, um, they're going to start throwing prize money in here real mm-hmm. quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that'll become something else that they can start working on. So um, I think that that's the best way to to go about it. It's like if we're going to have a point where it's going to be Smash, uh, it's going to be Smash, Brawl Stars, and whatever this Warner Brothers fighting game ends up becoming. Um, and I feel like <laughs> I, I don't want to say like this is the way how it's going to go down, but um, I feel like if players from one scene feel like they, they can't make a big enough break, they'll just start like floating between the three and we'll have a we'll have a whole Sonic Fox situation all over again where you just start having like players who are good from, you know, one community come out and say like, hey, I'm the best at this game. Like, I'm going to go into your house and play your game now. Uh-huh. Um, and and then we just have this whole crossbreeding like ultimate fighting game like you know just just the drama i'm ready for it well we still have to wait on official confirmation that this exists although based on the warner brothers takedowns it's i feel it's pretty much confirmed at this point i feel like we are definitely getting it um 
and it's just it's gonna be i think the most interesting part of this game is seeing one what what style of game it is and if it is in fact like a, a smash bros clone and what other properties warner brothers decides to pull and throw in there in this just wacky grab bag of fighting game nonsense um but moving on i think that does it for the non-blizzard things so moving on to even more blizzard woes we have we have more woes for you all this week um it's not a happy week for blizzard so as far as we knew blizzcon was going to be happening again this next year that has since changed so we were supposed to happen in february we are not having one at all um according to blizzard they are going to take this time to reevaluate what BlizzCon could look like. Um, here's a statement from Blizzard. The first BlizzCon was held 16 years ago, and so much has changed in the time since, most notably the multiple ways in which players and communities can come together and feel like they're a part of something bigger. Whatever the event looks like in the future, we also need to ensure that it feels as safe welcoming and inclusive as possible of course this is in reference to one the cosby suite and two uh just the kind of frat bro unwelcoming nature that kind of just permeated blizzcon there have been stories and i guess uh probably people who've reported this more than has been in the news lately but panels where blizzard developers would just kind of laugh at women for asking for a little bit better representation like most notably there is a woman who i think for it was for world of warcraft she asked if it was possible to have the female characters not always be in bikinis and then the developers just kind of laughed at her for suggesting something is so absurd as having proper armor for a woman um but in the end this is just they don't want any attention on them right now if they held a blizzcon I feel like the all the attention would be on whatever protests or whatever. Um, how to say it? Like people would be highlighting just the workplace discrimination that's been going on. It wouldn't be about the games. It wouldn't be a productive environment for anybody. So honestly, this is probably the only smart decision. Yeah. Uh I think that this was just a smart idea. Just you know, be be more inclusive. Don't don't be complete buttholes about it. So yeah, help help people, you know. What you gotta do. And I don't think it's not like we were really gonna get anything good out of BlizzCon anyway. Um, because delays. More delays, Kevin. So not only is BlizzCon canceled, but Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 are not coming anytime soon. So initially, uh, two years ago, Overwatch 2 was announced, and we were hoping we would get it this year. That's not happening. We were hoping to get it sometime early next year, 2022. Turns out that's not happening just due to, uh, I think... We figured that out because of leaks about the newest Overwatch art book that's coming out, or at least I think it came out, I think it came out in October, that was saying uh, sneak peeks at the upcoming 
Overwatch 2 game. So we kind of surmised from that that it would be coming late, late 2022, if possible. Now, with this delay, people are think, thinking it's not coming out till 2023. We still have a whole nother year to wait before um, anything comes out of Blizzard. So according to a tweet by Stephen Totillo, who's uh, he covers games for Axios, um, he posted an image that says an update on our pipeline for Blizzard, and I'm going to read it real quickly. As we have worked with new leadership in Blizzard and within our franchises themselves, particularly in certain key creative roles, it has become apparent that some Blizzard content planned for the next year will benefit from more development time to reach its full potential. While we are still planning to deliver a substantial amount of Blizzard content next year, we are now planning for a later launch for Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 than originally envisaged. These two are these are two of our most eagerly anticipated titles in the industry and our teams have made great strides toward completion in recent quarters, but we believe that giving the team some extra time to complete production and continue growing their creative resources to support the titles after launch will ensure that these releases delight and engage communities for many years into the future. These decisions will push out the financial uplift that we had expected to see next year, but we are confident that this is the right course of action for our people, our players, and the long-term success of our franchises. Yeah, when I, when I was looking at this, uh, I, I forgot who tweeted it um, a while ago, but um, I saw it in my feed, but it was since Blizzard announced Overwatch 2 uh, in 2019, and then they listed literally everything else that every other company has done, since they're like that announcement so like valorant was released plus seven characters have been added uh plus four maps or something like that apex had two new seasons or something like that um just adding adding more to that and then they said you know overwatch literally only added two deathmatch like maps and that's it um and it kind of feels like that like a lot of the competition that blizzard has is now just like blowing them out of the water and the fact that they're i i understand like you want to make this game the best that you can and you clearly want to shake up the way how you know everything is working right now mm -hmm. um so i feel like this is the the right play to play the long game but at the same time it's like it, it feels weird knowing that mm -hmm. a lot of the original like a lot of your original player base is no longer going to be there and like ready to play you know? right right like if just considering that they're not giving us any new content or at least they announced that they're not giving us any new content until the game overwatch 2 just launches whenever it's ready um it, it, it doesn't feel like this game or the community is going to be able to come out as intact as they would like. I feel like a lot of people are going to leave because a year is a long time to go in, in this very stale game that's already like had trouble with retention. It feels like so far considering like what you like you said, like all the other games in this industry are continuing to push out content while Blizzard can't seem to get their shit together. Um. Well, like, we understand that it's not good to rush something out, 
it just it feels like I, at least to me it feels like i'm being strung along by blizzard just misstep after misstep after misstep delay after delay after delay uh it was way too early to announce the game back in 2019 considering that like it wasn't it wasn't anywhere near ready to announce all they really had was a cinematic and and it's, what were you doing in the in that period of time when you were working on the cinematic like we we Overwatch 1 works fine as it is and like you're not even going to need to buy Overwatch 2 to continue to play online so and and we know that they spent a long time working on the sound and working on the visuals and overhauling that uh, we know that they're going to have to like redo the game to be 5v5, which I still think is a stupid decision on Aaron Keller's part. It just, I, I don't have a lot of confidence in him as a leader after this decision. Um, but also coming to the competitive aspect of it, Kevin, I know a lot of people on Twitter after this announcement was made, like a lot of the pros and a lot of the coaches are saying that it's, absolutely ridiculous to be playing on an early build of overwatch 2 in the league when no one else can touch it and that seeing it so early is just going to ruin a lot of the anticipation that people have if they're not going to be able to play it for a whole year while the pros are playing a different game than them yeah and i don't know if it's good like we we won't know until we actually get our hands on the game if we are ready for it and i do agree i feel like they announced this way too early like imagine like there we're still playing overwatch one right we still don't know anything about overwatch two period and then like all this stuff happens you know the blizzcon stuff like or all of the you know the blizzard nasty shit right and then they resolve this. It takes a while, and then they come back out with Overwatch 2, right? They said, we've remodeled our company. We're about to change mm-hmm. the game. Uh, some people may like it. Some people might not. But this is what we're going to do moving forward, right? Um, right. It, it would have been a lot better announced that way than, you know, right now all you're doing is dangling this game that we know is incomplete. We know that essentially you haven't worked on it um, and you're not giving us any way to really engage with this game. Like uh-huh. I, we were saying, you know, I think it was last year too, where they had the PVP or the PVE mission available for people who played, who was, who were there at BlizzCon 2019 yeah. uh, to play that. I'm like, why don't you release that? Like, just give us that like minimum during last year's BlizzCon so we at least can get a feel of what Overwatch 2 looks like, right? Mm -hmm. It may not be perfect, but at least you're giving us something. Um, But at this point, like, you're going to lose a lot of your fan base. You're going to lose a lot of players. And, I mean, if you already have it to another scene, it just feels bad. Right, right. We don't feel engaged with the game anymore mm-hmm. um it, it you 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 took too long now now you're now your community gone that, that that's what happens so i think what they could do is like we we know that there's functional there are at least two functional maps for push mode 
we know mm-hmm. that there are a couple functional maps for um for, for the other things that we've seen play like new york is playable at the very least and uh, there was another one i think that they showed i think it was rio that they showed is is playable right now or is it monte carlo i think it's rio and monte carlo that they showed are playable right now um why not release those slowly throughout the year like say hey during quarter one we're going to release these for you guys to play quarter two we'll release these naps etc etc so that at least we're getting somewhat of an extended like beta test so that we at least are are getting a feel of it and getting some new content um kevin regarding that that previous statement that we're not going to release any new content until overwatch 2 comes out with this new delay do you think they're going to stay that course i hope they don't i i really do hope that they give us something else to use Mm -hmm. um because if it does get to the point where like i don't know if this is their play it's just like we know that the diehard fans are going to be waiting for it but are they trying to let the hype for this game die and then come back with you know like a full-blown game and then just say like oh we we fixed it kind of and then everybody's like oh yeah i remember like we were supposed to have this you know um but i really don't know if that's the correct answer like it the the more they push it back the more eager their diehard like fan base is going to dwindle and then i feel uh-huh. like when they come back with overwatch 2 with us being you know we're all going to have this bad taste of overwatch 1 in our mouth we're going to be like well they didn't even listen to us we played goats for like <laughs> 2 years like we, like what what are we supposed to do and then they like locked us in to like 222 like what are they going to do now like now they took away a tank so how how am i supposed to enjoy the game if all i'm going to do is be a meat shield right like mm-hmm. just things like that like a lot of players are going to have that bad taste in their mouth and when overwatch 2 comes out we're all just going to be like oh okay well they're going to do the same thing as overwatch 1 so why would i even why would i even attempt to play this you know Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's gonna be the way how people are gonna look at it. Like it's gonna be like messed up in that fact. But if that is the way how they want to go about it, they can. Um, it it will be harder uh to get people to come back. But we'll see how how they deal with it. You know. Yeah, I. If they don't release something in the year. I don't think this is going to survive. And when we do get the game, I feel like the question is, is going to, is was the delay worth it? And unless it's like absolutely game changing and stellar, I don't think the answer is going to be yes to that. I feel like the mismanagement of this game is going to be catastrophic. And when the game does come out, it's not going to be, nearly as appreciated as it would have been had they managed this a little bit better yeah this is just going to be for the memes it's going to be like (laughs) oh like we're we're going to use this as a as the measurement of time at this point we'll be like wow like we already make the blizzard soon joke like all the time in our friend group it's like Mm -hmm. okay it'll, it'll be like the equivalent of like when pigs fly you know we'll we'll have just when Overwatch 2 comes out, <laughs> when, 
When when will I get married? Oh, I guess when Overwatch two comes. When Overwatch two comes out, it's like shit. All right. Guess I'm single forever. Yeah. (laughs) That's just how it is. So moving on to the the final tragedy, I guess not tragedy of Blizzard, but it's an update in the tragedy of Blizzard. Um, So Bobby Kotick, who is the CEO of Activision Blizzard King, in he released a an open letter, I guess, or uh, an arbitration letter to his staff regarding changes that he, the company would be making in order to kind of rectify everything that allowed the abuses at Blizzard to take place. And he outlined five new changes, which are one: there is a zero tolerance tolerance policy for harassment, which you should have had from the beginning. Um, two, they would increase the women and binary workers of the company by 50% and invest $250 million in diverse talent opportunities. They would re- waive required arbitration in sexual harassment and discrimination claims. Um, they would increase the visibility of pay equity, and they'd provi- provide regular press or regular progress updates. Um, so for the zero tolerance policy, going into these individually a little bit more. Um, initially the way Blizzard worked was there was a, a process of um, written and verbal warnings to some employees while others were just terminated immediately. Uh, what they're going to do now is that they're doing away with the, the written slap on the wrist warning. And if they find that you are in violation of harassment codes, you would be immediately terminated um, so in future contracts and equity awards, termination for the for these reasons will result in the immediate forfeiture of future compensation. So you, if you screw up once and harass anybody, you're you're out. Um so for and for point two, for the increase of women and non-binary people in the Blizzard Activision King workspace, uh today I think approximately 23 of their employees are binary or or identify as women or non-binary or identify as women um they're hoping to increase that by another 50 percent um so i i don't know how the math of that works but it would be more than a third of activision blizzard king would be women or non-binary um hoping they're hoping to put this in within the next five years um and also they're investing it the 250 million in, I guess, opportunities for advancement or, or just expanded opportunities in their company for underrepresented communities within the next 10 years. Um, just, I guess, they're looking to partner with colleges and schools and as, as recruiters or, or whatnot. So, I feel like 250 million. I don't, I don't have any way to judge this, but 250 million seems at the same time a lot of money and also a little bit low and only 10 years seems like a little bit of a short period of time, but what do I know? I'm not blizzard. Um, I don't really understand this one. This next point too much, but for the arbitration claims um, based on feedback from employees, we are waiving required arbitration of sexual harassment and discrimination claims for any Activision blizzard employee who chooses not to arbitrate an individual claim of sexual harassment unlawful discrimination or retaliated or related retaliation arising in the future, the company will waive any obligation to do so. Um, 
I don't really know what that means. I, I my law brain is not what it used to be when I was in mock trial. Um, for the fourth point, increased visibility on pay equity. Um, they're just continuing to focus on pay equity. They're saying that women in the U.S. at Blizzard actually earned more on average than men for comparable work in 2020. Um, and they're, they're committing to transparency in their pay, which, great. That doesn't seem like a big step forward. And then the fifth one is just regular updates, which that's not a big deal at all. Yeah, it, this just feels like, you know, I, I'm not good with law stuff. I or, like I'm just good at games. OK, but like this, this feels like it's a step in the right direction. I just don't know what everything means, like in terms of, you know, every single like law specific thing um but yeah i hope that this helps the the workplace at you know the activision blizzard Mm -hmm. and uh if they happen to make it better like literally turn their company around which is doable we've seen both we've seen other companies do it before Mm -hmm. um we we just hope that they can make a great product out of it and we could we could finally get back to you know, not having to talk about garbage, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the final thing about that Bobby Kotick did was he reduced his salary even further. Previously, he'd taken a cut from $1.75 million to $875,000 back in April. But in today's, or not today's, but in the most recent uh, letter and in this most recent update, he asked the board to cut his pay to... Six hundred or sixty-two thousand five hundred dollars, which is significantly less. But I mean, he already he still has a ton of money. Um, and while this it feels performative, it really does. It just it's not nothing much is going to come out of it. He he still has a ton of money. Um, he's not making an obscene amount of it anymore, but he's got enough to survive. So I wonder if they're actually going to put the money to a good use or if this is again just more performance to make people feel better about themselves so kevin what happened with the trades in overwatch league yeah we had a couple of updates since we last talked to everybody here um so the the last thing that we kind of discussed was uh striker went to the boston uprising um and you know that how we kind of discussed how that was kind of a weird pickup um for him to go back there but um there have been a couple of like moves here and there um in terms of like roster pickups and and additions but we're kind of only going over like the big ones so um on the 29th there was a lot of announcements that went down um the big one um yaki officially parts ways with the florida mayhem so Yaki's a free agent. If somebody wants to go and pick him up, totally, totally good. Um, the San Francisco Shocks signed uh, players from O2 Blast, and that includes uh, Proper, Kilo, and Finn. Um, so all of these players have been dominant in the uh, Korean uh, contender scene overall. And a lot of people who I follow from the contender scene say, like, this is a really like solid core that they decided to sign. So 
they're kind of starting from scratch again. They're not going off of like previous performances, except for Super, who's just going to be there. Um, and if he gets, you know, if he gets game time, you know, that's good. If not, he just becomes a spokesperson. Uh, totally also okay. Um, the Atlanta Reign officially announced a full roster, which I don't know if this is 100% set in stone. Um, but it's kind of something that they made a big announcement about. So their DPS lineup is Kai, Nero, and Venom. And then tanks are going to be Gator and Hawk with supports of OG and Ultraviolet. So that is their seven-man roster that they officially have like locked in um, and announced. So uh, something to look forward to uh, if you're an Atlanta Rain fan. like that That's your team. Deal with it. Um, October 30th, uh, Glister signs to the Paris Eternal. So more San Francisco Shock players finding new homes. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much been the only kind of big things that we needed to look at. Um, the the other ones, like, there are a couple signings here and there and who, like, other teams are picking up. But those are kind of the biggest, biggest moves. So... The Atlanta Reign officially like have a locked in roster. San Francisco decides to go with a young um Korean contender like core now um instead of going off of previous like seasons. Um and yeah, we see where other players end up landing and you know, Yaki's departure. So it's going to be really interesting to see where where they end up like landing, you know. Mhm. It feels a little bit early for the Atlanta Reign to talk about what their roster is already. I mean, it like moves have just started happening. Yeah, and I don't know if this is, you know, final final because I I wouldn't mind, you know, having that be a thing where it's like this is what we have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're saying like this is our final roster, um, it might lock you into opportunities that you might not have later down the line, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Otherwise, I think that's all we had to cover this week. It was a, like, it wasn't a lot of stuff, but it was some big stuff. Yeah. It's not a lot, but you know, they are huge announcements overall. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll see how the rest of, the league shakes up if we have the league to even come back to, you know, <laughs> like I feel like the, the delay to overwatch two will affect the way how the league looks at players again. Uh-huh. Um, Cause I feel like if, for example, if the league comes back next year, which I mean, they're planning on it, right? Yeah. They're planning on the league coming back. They're planning they would on have without to play... a big delay. I think April, they're still looking at for when the league to start. Yeah. So if you delay Overwatch 2, but you still need the league, means that you still need two tanks, which means whoops to <laughs> a lot of like big teams because they're like, oh, we could release one of our tanks because they overlap. And if they come back and it's like, okay, well, the Shock only have Super, right? They only have Super. They let Smurf go to, you know, Shanghai or not Shanghai. He went to, um, Soul. So Smurf goes to Soul, like, and then Choi retires. Like, who do you have? Uh, like, who who are you gonna pick up 
next, right? Um, like it, it feels very weird to not have a solid like lineup like that and feel a hundred percent like ready because I feel like the shock would have retained their their tank core if they knew that Overwatch mm-hmm. Two was not going to be ready. What are the chances that they do pull a bait and switch like that? I I think it's very high. I think that. I don't think that they are going to have Overwatch 2 ready by the start of next season. And that's not just me saying like, oh, well, they uh, they told us. So it's more like I I think that they have to play on Overwatch 1 until Overwatch 2 is 100%, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, the, The Blizzard rule is, you know, cannot be released until polished. And I I don't think that they'll have a ready product by the time that the league is coming back or even like even for next season. So I feel like that's going to be a really interesting like it's going to be an interesting dynamic to see who and which teams pick up uh, who to play with. You know, that's going to be really interesting to see how that how that works out. Yeah. And I mean, like, the, the announcement, I think, that they would be playing on an early build of Overwatch 2 for next season, I think that was, I feel like that would have been contingent on a late 2022 game release. And now that we're potentially not getting it to 2023, I feel like they do have to reconsider that because um, just it people wouldn't be excited for the game anymore. We've already seen it. We've already seen it played, and there's, like, what what's there to be excited about besides maybe the story mode and, and the challenge missions? Nothing really. Yeah, and there's nothing like new gameplay wise for the league either. Like unless you have like unless you give us a new character or change up the way how the game works, like just be like screw it. We're we're going back to you know unlocked comps, right? Like <laughs> go ahead, run goats if you want. Like oh god, we'll, don't put we'll that see, out there. We'll see if that happens. Like I feel like they need to do something very weird in order to get teams to come back and play. Mm-hmm. Um and if that's the case then yeah, go for it. Otherwise like we've seen this game played out so many times. Like there's no reason for us to watch another season of the same thing. Yep. For sure. I totally echo that sentiment. Um, but anyway, any words of wisdom before we log off for the week, Kevin? Um, uh, I missed out on my on my skin, so uh, you no. can't, can't do that. Um, I would say uh, there's more Pokemon Unite stuff that I've been looking at. Uh, they they added they added two new skins. One is a sleepy time wear for Wigglytuff, so that's something that I'm <laughs> I'm looking forward to. I mean, it's stupid, but it it's there. Uh, pre-order your your games if you're gonna get your diamond and pearls. Uh, they come out on the 19th, so make sure to pre-order and get what you want quick. Um, say hi to your pets for me. Make sure that they're good. And yeah, I think I think that's about it. Just Keep playing your games. Cool, cool. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in this week. We will be back at you at the same, but the, not this, not necessarily the same time because sometimes our 
of the week. Schedule fluctuates in between the days, but we will be back next week, assuming that my computer doesn't eat the files. Um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in and catch you soon, guys. Adios. Next week, we bring you the latest in gaming and pop culture news. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.